You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. College football season right around the corner, and we've got all sorts of Locked On Conference podcasts waiting for you. Locked On Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Locked On ACC, all of those Locked On podcasts at your disposal. There's no better place to get all of your conference news than following our Locked On Conference podcasts on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Friday, August 13th, and we are now 88 days away from the start of college basketball season. And sometimes I have to dig really deep to find a fun stat for these countdown numbers, and today is one of those days. The number 88 was a very random significance, but I hope you're going to find it fun, and I hope you find all these countdown numbers fun. They're kind of fun to research. So here we go. Gonzaga, they have played Virginia four times in the last 20 years. They are 3-1 and one against Virginia, and they have averaged 88 points per game across those four games. They beat them 86-85 back in the 2001 NCAA tournament, behind 29 points from Dan Dickow. They beat them 80-69 in December of 2005, behind 27 points from Adam Morrison. They lost in 2007, 108-87. And then, of course, they blasted Virginia this past season, 98-75, when Corey Kispert tied a school record with nine threes. Those four games average out to 88 points a game. Virginia, of course, has not always been the high-level program that they are right now, but still, it's pretty damn good to score 88 points a game against anyone in the ACC over a four-game stretch. Come back on Monday. We're going to see what I can find out about the number 85. Okay, before we get started today, it is Gonzaga Five Star Friday, and it's been a while since we've read a Gonzaga story on the show. We've got a good one this week, and it comes from Kevin James. For those who don't know the name Kevin James, you certainly know the voice of Kevin James. He is the public address announcer at the McCarthy Athletic Center for men's basketball games, and here is his Gonzaga story. I'm lucky enough to be known as the voice of the kennel, having been the public address announcer for the past 13 seasons. Yes, I am that guy who you see sitting courtside next to Mike, the official scorekeeper in that legendary referee shirt. I've watched Draymond Green tear up the Zags. I've witnessed Tom Izzo walk up and down the sideline. Roy Williams shake hands with Coach Few right in front of me. And countless other memories I never dreamed would ever happen to me. But none of that compares to the best thing of all. Being part of the Zag family. The greatest family in all of college sports. I truly believe this. And my story of how I got here is just another example of family. I grew up in Harrington, Washington. A small B school tucked in the wheat fields of Lincoln County. I had seven kids in my graduating class. I am the definition of a small town boy. But my love for radio brought me to the big city. I moved to Spokane and started my career in radio. Now 30 years later, I've been a part of a successful morning show for 26 years. The Jay and Kevin Show has always been about being involved in the community. So naturally, when a kid from my hometown, Ryan Floyd, made his way onto the Gonzaga roster, we decided to adopt the Zags as our team. Little did we know what these pesky Zags had in store for us. Ryan, Mike Nielsen, Eric, Big Ed Edelstein were regular guests on our show. We all know what happened next. 
We followed the Zags to all their tournament games, broadcasting live from the hotel. We would interview players, coaches, and all of their families. We would just hang out in the locker room. Coach Few would come down and read the newspaper at our table every morning in the hotel lobby and tell us if we let his dad, the great Reverend Norm Few, do a few jokes so we didn't have to hear them again that he would do an interview with us. Coach told us the first day that we showed up in an RV in Tucson after driving all night, quote, nice effort, fellas, patted us on the chest and said, you are Zags. We continued that same routine year after year. Coach always said that we weren't media, we were family. We were lucky enough to always have players in studio goofing around, getting to know what great young men they truly were. I have made lifelong friends and memories that I cherish more than any others that my career has granted me. Yes, even more than hanging out with Garth Brooks numerous times. There's just something about being a Zag. In 2007, as Harry Clark, the longtime PA announcer, was having health issues, I was asked to fill in for a few games. No promises, just fill in. My experience at the time was doing high school basketball in Harrington. There's no doubt they could have searched for someone more qualified, a better voice, the list goes on and on. But I was family, and they gave me a shot. No expectations, but I do my best whenever they needed me. I am blessed to say that they have kept me in that seat and behind the mic ever since. Hopefully, the sound of Pangos or another Gonzaga 3 has brought some happiness to Zach fans everywhere. Over the years, things have changed as the program has grown. Coach doesn't hang out in the lobby reading the newspaper anymore. Players aren't as often available for hour-long interviews goofing around on the radio. And let's face it, the demands are just different for the number one team in the country. But one thing that isn't different, we are still and always will be part of the family. Somehow, this small-town boy who latched onto Ryan Floyd's coattails is an honorary zag. And for that, I am forever grateful. Holy moly, Kevin James, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary voice of the McCarthy Athletic Center, someone whose energy behind the mic has always, always been infectious. And I am thrilled that he even listens to this podcast, and I'm even more thrilled that he was willing to share that story with us. It's going to be very, very hard to top that the rest of the show, but we're going to try. Uh, today on the program, we're going to look back on the 2009 Gonzaga Bulldogs then we're going to finish the show with our Path to Playing Time series with some words on Bree Salambien, the highest rated recruit in Gonzaga women's history. Before we get there, very quickly, some news and notes, and we'll start with Summer League. From Thursday night, uh, Jalen Suggs and the Orlando Magic lost 108-71 to to the Boston Celtics. Jalen Suggs only played 11 minutes before sitting the rest of the game with what the Magic are calling a sore hand. And to be honest, there's no real reason to rush Jalen Suggs back onto the court if he's not fully healthy. So we'll see uh, kind of if he even plays the rest of Summer League. Corey Kispert and the Washington Wizards, uh, they had a double overtime game with the Brooklyn Nets. Corey Kispert struggled all game. He was 0 for 6 from deep until the final minute of regulation when he stepped into a game-tying three-pointer to send the game into overtime. Uh, unfortunately, the Wizards gave up their own three-pointer at the end of the first overtime, ended up losing in double overtime in sudden death because that's what they do in the summer league. Corey Kispert finished with nine points. He was 4-14 from the field. He was one of eight from the three-point line, added a rebound, an assist, and a steal. Phil Petrushev, he had the best game of any Zag last night. He started again for the 76ers. He played 24 minutes uh, in a 96-88 win in overtime over Atlanta. And Petrushev had eight points on four of seven shooting, six rebounds, two assists, two blocks, one steal, zero turnovers. A really, really solid showing 
uh, for Petrushev, and that's his second game in a row that he's looked pretty good out there, which is good to see. Zach Norvell did not play for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, he has played just once in their five summer league games at this point, which does not bode well for his chances of making any sort of impact in the Spurs organization going forward. Today's games, Ryan Woolridge and the Oklahoma City Thunder play at 4 o'clock against the Warriors. Killian Tilly, if he is healthy, he's playing tonight at 6 o'clock. The Grizzlies are taking on the Sacramento Kings and Jonathan Williams. And then the nightcap, Joel Yai and the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the LA Clippers. Speaking of Killian Tilly, he has accepted a two-way offer with the Memphis Grizzlies to stay with their organization, which is great news. Uh, he was offered a uh, he was tendered a contract to become a restricted free agent, and now he is officially a two-way player going into next season. And with the way he's been playing in the summer league and how much I think they value his skill set, it would not shock me to see him on the main roster, more so than the G League roster, for the majority of next season. Okay, it's going to do it for the news and notes. By the time you're listening to this, Yvonne Ejim's quarterfinal game that happened at 2.30 Friday morning uh, will be over, but we will recap her entire weekend and final three games of the FIBA U19 World Cup when we come back on Monday. Coming up to finish the rest of today's show, we are going to reminisce on the 2009 Gonzaga Bulldogs, perhaps the most underrated Gonzaga team in school history. We're going to talk a lot about their style of play coming up here in just a minute. Before we get there, I want to get real for a minute. There are a few things in life that just are not fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. You know when you sweat through your shirt for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? I know obviously this isn't life and death, and especially right now, there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a pretty big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech or an interview or, God forbid, a first date. I would much rather not worry about it, and now you don't have to. Introducing Sweat Block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. They are doctor recommended and doctor created right here in the United States. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, you go to bed, then the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. If Sweat Block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. No more pitting out, no more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat the best. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. All right, the 2009 Gonzaga Bulldogs were an incredibly fun basketball team. The 2007 and 2008 teams spent most of the season trying to figure out exactly who they were. The 2017 was really young. Uh, but they had an awesome player in Derek Rivio who kept the team afloat all year. The 2008 team, like we mentioned yesterday, started 10 different players throughout the season. They were just trying to figure out who in the world was going to be in the rotation. The 2009 team was full of veterans, and they knew exactly what they were from the opening tip. This team played 34 games this year, and their eight-man rotation played all 34 games. Heitfeld, Bolden, Day, Pargo, Downs, Stephen Gray, Demetri Goodson, Ira Brown all played in all 34 games, and that was the eight-man rotation for most of the season. So let's talk about their year. They started the year 7-0 and before they went out and lost to Arizona, and that was a, the, one of the weirder stretch stretches, I should say, in Gonzaga history. They lose to Arizona, beat Texas Southern at home, and then they go and play UConn in one of the best battle in Seattle games, probably the best battle in Seattle games uh, ever played at Key Arena. UConn beats them in overtime because A.J. Price 
hits a three at the end of regulation. A.J. Price was unbelievable in that game. 24 points, 10 assists. He was 6 for 9 from beyond the arc. That was also a young Hashim Thabit uh, for those UConn Huskies. For Gonzaga, Stephen Gray scored 23 points off the bench, but Gonzaga went 5 for 17 from deep. It was a battle of top 10 teams, and UConn, who was number 2 at the time, beat Gonzaga. And then came probably the worst loss of the Mark Few era. It's December 23rd. It's two days before Christmas. Gonzaga doesn't look like they want to be playing. It's a massive snowstorm. There's no students in attendance. And Portland State comes in. They barely even made the game. There's a really good story if you listen to Adam Morrison's podcast uh, with Mike Roth talking about how they had to get a bus over to Portland State because of travel. The travel plans they originally had were all sorts of messed up. And anyway, Portland State ends up getting to the arena barely. And then Portland State beats Gonzaga 77-70. It's the worst non-conference loss uh, in Gonzaga history. Jeremiah Dominguez. If you say the name Jeremiah Dominguez, there's probably still some fans out there that shudder a little bit. 7 for 10 from beyond the arc for Portland State. They beat Gonzaga 77-70. to Then they go on their Christmas break. They come back and they lose to Utah uh, at Utah on New Year's Eve. They had a, multiple chances to win the game at the buzzer. They missed both of their shots. They lose 66-65. to So they lose three out of four games, and they drop to eight and four, and they drop out of the AP pool altogether. On December 8th, they're ranked fourth in the country. By the time January 5th rolled around a month later, they were completely unranked because of that stretch. And then they lost one game the rest of the season. They went out and beat Tennessee at Tennessee on the road, who was a ranked Tennessee team. And then they go 14-0 in the WCC, including a win uh, against a ranked St. Mary's team at the time, a pretty good St. Mary's team. Uh, they go 14-0. It's the third time in school history that Gonzaga goes undefeated in the WCC. And most of these games were not close. And the WCC tournament was not close. They beat Santa Clara by 35 in the semifinals. And the next night in the championship, they beat St. Mary's by 25. And then they go to the NCAA tournament, and they get a number four seed. And you knew as soon as they got North Carolina in their region that that's probably the worst possible matchup because that North Carolina team was incredible all season long. So they beat Akron in the first round pretty handily. And then, of course, it's the Western Kentucky game in the second round, and it's Dimitri Goodson's uh, game-winning runner at the buzzer. One of the best moments in Gonzaga tournament history, Dimitri Goodson, as he's told the story before, he came into the game to play defense uh, on the prior possession. Gonzaga was up by two, and they needed one stopped. Goodson was one of the best perimeter defenders. He comes into the game to play defense. Obviously, they don't get the stop that they needed, and he somehow ends up with the ball in his hands uh, out of the inbounds play. Mark Few doesn't want to call a timeout because he doesn't like calling timeouts in those situations, as we saw again in the UCLA game this past year. Goodson ends up with the ball in his hands. He shot the ball one time the entire night. And he drives the length of the floor, puts up the game-winning shot at the buzzer. Gonzaga wins 83-81 to to get back to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2006. And then, of course, they play North Carolina. And North Carolina absolutely steamrolls uh, Gonzaga, just like they steamrolled every other team in the tournament that year on their way to a national championship. The other three number one seeds would have all been preferable to play other than North Carolina. They could have played UConn, who was a one seed. They obviously played them earlier in the year. They knew them. Pittsburgh did not have the best defense in the world. And then Louisville did not have the best offense in the world. So any of those three teams would have been preferred over North Carolina. But unfortunately, they got North Carolina and their season ended in the Sweet 16. 
And I do think this team was better than a Sweet 16 team. They just got a really, really bad draw. They had four different players finish in double figures that year. It was Josh Heitfeld's senior year, and he was absolutely fantastic. 15 points, six and a half rebounds. Matt Bolden is a junior, 13 and a half points, four rebounds, three and a half assists. Austin Day as a sophomore before he went off to the NBA, 12.7 points, 6.8 rebounds. Jeremy Pargo coming off his uh, WCC Player of the Year award, which I forgot to mention yesterday uh, as a senior, Jeremy Pargo, 10 points, five assists. Micah Downs and Stephen Gray, both off the bench, averaged right around nine and a half points. The thing about this team is that they were just so balanced on both ends of the court. This was the first team, uh, in terms of analytics, to finish in the top 25 in both offense and defense. They were finished eighth in offense, 24th in defense. And as we mentioned with the uh, Morrison and Rivio teams in 05 and 06, one of the biggest problems that that team had is that they really didn't shoot the ball outside of Morrison Rivio. They only had, those are the only two players on the team that hit more than 10 threes. This team had six different valuable weapons and all six of them hit at least 23 threes throughout the season and they all shot the ball efficiently. Austin Day shot 43% from deep. Matt Bolden shot 42% from deep. Jeremy Pargo, 36%. Josh Heitfeld, 40%. Stephen Gray, 36%. Micah Downs, 39%. Like they were a really really good offensive team. And then defensively, they had the number one two-point percentage on defense in all of college basketball. And that was due, thanks in large part, because of Austin Day. And he broke the school record in blocks, uh, beating out Roni Turrios previous high, which was 59. Austin Day had 70 blocks. And that record lasted all the way into, until 2019 when Brandon Clark absolutely shattered it. So Gonzaga was really, really good on both ends of the court. And offensively, um, they started to go almost exclusively to uh, a four-round one motion offense where you had four perimeter players and just one uh, guy on the interior. And one of the other things they like to do in this, um, basically the Josh Heitfeld era, post-Morrison, I would say, is uh, they like to run um, a lot of Spain action, which is uh, a back screen for the ball screener. And they ran it a ton in 2007, uh, one of the, the things that they did a ton against that North Carolina team that they upset at Madison Square Garden is they exploited them with uh, Spain ball screen action. And they continued to do it in 2008 and a little bit more in 2009. But for the most part, it was just four round one, a lot of motion offense, pass cutaway, pass screen away, open up driving lanes, always have some sort of weak side uh, motion to, uh, to open up driving lanes and occupy the defense. And they are very, very good at that, considering, like I said, they had six different really, really good uh, scoring options. Not only did they score it, but they're incredibly, incredibly smart with the basketball. This 2009 Gonzaga team had the third lowest turnover rate of any Mark Few team in his tenure as Gonzaga coach. The only two teams that had a better turnover rate were the 2019 team with uh, Josh Perkins and Zach Norvell, and the 2020 team uh, that missed the NCAA tournament because of COVID. It was the only two teams in the last 22 years now that Mark Few has been head coach who have had better turnover rates uh, than the 2009 team who took incredible care of the ball, was incredibly efficient at the rim, and had six guys who can go off for 20 points pretty much on any night. It really was one of the more underrated teams in Gonzaga history, and one that deserved probably a better fate than having to face North Carolina. If they faced any other number one seed, uh, there's a decent chance that that game would have gone down to the wire and they could have won and gotten to the Elite Eight for the first time since 1999.
Okay, that is going to be enough for today's look back. Coming up to finish today's show, we're talking Brie Salambien. She is Gonzaga's highest rated recruit in school history, but she is coming off of major knee surgery. So where does that leave her in this year's roster puzzle? We will discuss to finish today's episode. But first, we are sponsored today by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can bet on the NBA Summer League if you like, and NFL preseason action. Heating up. All of these things. It's the perfect time to get in on the fun. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as baseball teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. We're also being sponsored by Built Bar. And if you guys didn't see this yesterday, Built Bar is now sponsoring BYU walk-on athletes and paying for some of their scholarships. An incredibly cool thing uh, that Built Bar is doing. And some of their videos went viral yesterday. And Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Locked On Zags and a lot of the Locked On Network, which is awesome. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar. All of their flavors are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health-conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Shout out to Built Bar. This is pretty cliche, but sometimes in life, it is all about who you know. And if you're wondering how a top 50 recruit from Michigan ends up at Gonzaga as their highest ranked recruit in school history, well, you can thank Kiara Kudron for that. The former Gonzaga forward, who is now their video coordinator, is also from the state of Michigan. And, of course, the world is small enough where one of her former coaches coached Bree Salenbien. And Gonzaga immediately became interested in her. And eventually, Salenbien chose the Bulldogs over 35 other scholarships, including her hometown Michigan and Michigan State. She's ranked 44th overall by ESPN, and now she is in Spokane, and she's got incredibly high expectations. And so the question is, how does she fit in with this roster? Well, to me, Bree Salenbien's path to playing time is to show her versatility. She has a really, really good mix of size and quickness where she's essentially she's able to play basically anywhere she wants on the court. She's six foot three, so they could use her as a stretch big if they wanted to. But she also shoots the living heck out of the ball, and she's a fantastic driver. So in all likelihood, I think she's going to end up on the wing. But like I mentioned, she's coming off of ACL surgery after she tore the ligament in her final game of her junior season. It sounds like she's fully healthy now, and now, of course, she's looking to break into Gonzaga's rotation immediately. And she can do it by filling a lot of different buckets for Gonzaga. And I don't just mean literally scoring buckets. I mean filling different ways that Gonzaga may need her. If Gonzaga has a need for a backup forward, she can do that. If they need more shooting on the perimeter, she can do that. If they need a lockdown defender, she's got the length to become that too. 
whatever need that this team needs filled from a sixth or a seventh man, she's probably going to be the one to fill it. And once she gets acclimated to this system for a year and a couple of these upperclassmen uh, graduate and move on after next season, she could become a superstar as early as her sophomore year if she lives up to the hype. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. We will be back on Monday, but it will not be on Monday morning. I am traveling this weekend to San Francisco, and I will not be back until Monday morning. So I'm going to be recording when I get back on Monday. And so the podcast will be out sometime Monday afternoon. And then we will have a Tuesday morning podcast that will be ready for you once you guys wake up. So you basically get two podcasts in like 14 hours. And you can listen to them both on Tuesday morning on your drive to work while you work out. Or you can listen to one Monday night, one Tuesday morning, however you want to do it. Monday's episode, we will be talking about the 2010 Gonzaga Bulldogs. We're going to have a Path to Playing Time series with some words on Dominic Harris, one of the most talked about players this offseason because of how many guards are coming into the fold. Where does he fit in with all of that? We'll talk about that Monday on the program. Before we go today, if you are a baseball fan, betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to please rate and subscribe to this podcast because it is Five Star Friday. I would love a five-star rating and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are always awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Zags. If you want to email the show with your Gonzaga story, just like Kevin James did, feel free to do so. I'll read them every Friday on the show. The email is LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday afternoon. It is a great day to be a Zag.